Hello, my name is Imani Speak. My show is on Sunday between 10 and 1am and I have some phenomenal guests for you. So make sure you join me and don't go anywhere else. Okay, beautiful soul. My first special guest is coming up right now. Let's see if she is there. Margaret, are you there? Yes, I certainly am here. Yes, very much so. Lovely. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, um, Margaret, please, um, if you don't mind, can you just introduce yourself to the listening audience before we go into the the interview? I've got quite a few questions, so I hope you're okay to answer. Yes, more than more than more than more so. Yes, go ahead. Yes, my name is Margaret Aberdeen, um, and I'm author of a book I've written called Priceless Rose of a Mother. And besides that, I am uh, well, inspirational uh, speaker from various issues that I've experienced in my life and how I've managed to um, settle from a breakdown to a breakthrough. So just telling people or helping people to empower people, you know, we can go through so much darkness, so much turmoil, but there is light at the end of the tunnel. And from all those experiences, I've created workshops, speeches at various events, etc. I'm a very powerful um, uh, advocate of uh, especially domestic uh, abuse, especially with, you know, women issues, but my light shines on domestic abuse because I came from that as a child. I experienced it in my adulthood, so obviously the passion is burning like a flame in my heart, in my mind, in my soul. So that's how I can uh, say at the moment, you know, where I am at the moment. So carry on, my dear Imami, and ask me whatever question that comes to your mind. <laughs> okay, so I know, you know, obviously, as you just mentioned there, there's quite a few things. What I wanted to start with was the fantastic book that you wrote, because it's, um, you wrote it in an unusual way, and, you know, it's it's kind of, can you can you sort of explain why you did it the way you did and why you chose to speak to mothers about being a mother? Yes, well... And also, happy Mother's Day. Oh, yes. Thank you very much. I wish everyone um, happy Mother's Day. I know we are going through a health um, crisis at the moment, and perhaps the light is not shining on mothers uh, as it usually does, you know, in the past because of this issue. But, yes, let me just um, focus on the book um, a bit. Well, it came from a poem I wrote um, uh, about being a mother. The reason why I have one son... And um, I became very ill at one point in my life. I had cancer. I had uh, kidney uh, kidney cancer, brain can uh, brain tumor cancer, and even a relationship uh, went through where someone you know almost died, and my my second son um, you know died. So I I wrote a poem just to express the the feelings that came into came into me as a mother and plus perhaps because I wasn't there with him as how I would like to I wrote this poem it's called Being a Mother just trying to pinpoint all the intuition things a mother does you know being a mother we are a nurse we are a teacher we are you know we do so many multiple things and sometimes we don't realize this so it all came pouring out of me um, you know going while I was going through my um my how shall I call it? Well, my my suffering. I call them hell challenges. Diseases. What I call them hell challenges. So I wrote this poem, and it was published in an anthology. And then from an anthology, um, I was a guest speaker at some big event in Rome a few years ago. Um, it was all to do with women doing all these beautiful things around the world. So when I was there and seeing what women did, did this poem, it came into like aha. I turned the poem into a book. So the, the seed of the poem started from a book. It's called Being a Mother. That was the seed. And then it turned into this book, Priceless Rose of a Mother. Just coming out and valuing motherhood. Trying to, to show mothers or women that we are such indispensable uh, beings in this world. Sometimes we do not give ourselves the, you know, the value of motherhood. We, we really sort of undermine ourselves in a way thinking we, you know, or we're just a mother. But we're more than that. I say uh, being a mother is priceless. We are indispensable. Trying to help women, especially, to value themselves, to value themselves, their self-worth. So this is why, you know, this book just came more pouring out of me. Um, I would say it's a, it's a woman, it's a book to... To help to guide women, to help women realize the value, but also what I did also is put 
part of my story. So it's called it's like memoirs of a mother and guidance to help mother realize their selfhood. So that's how this book came um, this came about. Mm. Thank you, Margaret. What I want to ask you is obviously we live in the like twenty first century, and it doesn't really matter what age you are as a woman. We are all modern women of the twenty first century. What would you say is um, important for mothers today, um, whether they're bringing up small children or they've got older children who obviously might come to them for advice. What would you say is the, the skills and what they need to be equipped with in this modern day? Yes, uh, I, I may have said something uh, just a little while ago. I think very, very important it's, it is our self-worth. It's to really have that understanding because, yes, we have the future generation. And I know, you know, um, back then in the traditional ways, a woman had no choice, you know. She was just more looked at to just, um, you know, bear and rear children. I am not saying, you know, to come in all this thing, I, you know, it, it's like a, being a man or things like that, but to value themselves, to realize that they are, you know, they're the same they're not the second second class citizen because there is a book I'm trying to remember it's a, a book that was written by a French woman if I can leave through my book and I'll get that name before the thing is not being a second class citizen not undervaluing not underrating themselves because again there's a chapter in my book where I said the A to Z roles of a mother trying to show the trying to show women mothers you know the valuehood of themselves so I want I really would want to specify it's our self-worth that self-respect that that kindness ourselves because yes we give so much to our children you know we give so much to others but we have to realize there's a little bit of space we have to hold on to to really value ourselves because again as our children grow up leave home what what are we going to do because lots of us are not I've got friends too who put everything in their children everything in motherhood but when that child or, or children leave home they're like an empty shell so I want them to look at that themselves and see what they can hold on to while being a mother I mean I now know these in this time and year it's more single mothers uh, um, you know more, more single mothers uh, that are um, bringing up their children so again that's another way saying okay yes I'm here as a single parent. I'm going to get the best head start, get the best head start to my child, but I've got to hold on to something for myself. That's self-value, that's self-worth. Because now in this modern modern day, we know now we have all these things with computers and things like that. We can do something at home, take out to the spare time and do something, just like what you're doing, Imambe. You know, if I have to, it's something I really enjoy. Let me see if I can shine that light and let me just hold that because just remember now in this modern day and age, you know, children leave home, they go and do things, you know, sometimes they, yeah, they, they're where you're there, but still they have their life to live. So I want a lot of women to realize, mothers, you know, young people growing up, hold on to something. Yes, I know we all have this, I would use the word, I call it the Cinderella uh, myth. Yes, I'm going to meet someone, I'm going to live happily ever after, secure happiness. I'll tell you, that's a, that's a myth, that's a delusion. We, mm. we really have to try and hold on to this. Even the love too, self-love, compassion for ourselves, it's very important. You know, it's very, very important because I'll have to say in my generation, we were brought up in a sort of like, you know, someone else is going to make us happy. Someone else is going to make us love us. Someone else will keep us secure. So I, I, you know, as I said, I just think we have to really harness the self-love, the self-compassion. I say flip that mirror on yourself. Not saying you're ignoring this one or this one, but still put some on yourself. Yeah, um, I think, you know, it's that thing of, you know, filling yourself, filling your cup up first so that you've always got an over overflow. Um, right. And I think in the past, women, um, women sort of, decide, you know, I don't know if it was decided or whether society, they were always last on their list. And um, by the time the children grow up, they were running on empty. And what I'm That's hearing right. you say is, you know, always have something for yourself. So because, you know, life is ever changing. Look where we are today. Look what's happening in our world today. 
Um, we have to be prepared for, you know, things changing at any time. So if you love yourself and if you're full, your cup is full, you're always mm-hmm. going to be, um, you know, you're always going to be happy inside. Because isn't that what it's about, Margaret? Um, you know, your happiness inside, your self-esteem, your confidence. Is How important is that for mothers today? I think that is very, very important. And I do think, you know, um, in this 21st century, the modern day, we are waking up, becoming more aware of that, um, etc. So I do think that is something that, um, you know, most women, um, you know, as mothers, are becoming aware that, yes, they do have to, as I said, flip that mirror on, my, on myself, you know, feed the, the self-love, um, the self-worth, again, you know, take that control of, of, our, um, of your life, you know, because, yes, I can give my, children the, uh, give my children the best head start, the best that I can do, but I realize I've got to fill myself up because really and truly the reason why I'm able to speak like that because I myself, what I just said, is not just talking about it, I'm actually acting it because even, you know, I was married uh, for 10 years and my, my, uh, my marriage broke down and, and everything. And, and, you know, but it, it, I don't know, it's just something I felt in me. No, I'm not going to sort of like give up on and, and my son, you know, because I, as a child, I saw how my mother was treated by, by my father. Uh, she was abused and treated like a second-class citizen. So obviously some children, you know, as if they're seeing this, hold on and say, there's no way I'm going to follow that suit. Okay, I got into an abusive, abusive relationship, but still, still then, you know, I didn't stay there as being a victim and sort of saying I cannot, you know, just like my mother, I broke away. I had to. You know, so this is another thing that, you know, as we are growing up, certain things we see, we copy. And sometimes very unconsciously we go into these sort of things. But for me, yes, I had the the, the abuse um, relationship, but still how I've managed to break free and make something of my life is because I saw, I said, no, I am not going to repeat, you know, what I saw my my mother or my parents being through and this is what again we have to be so conscious it's a very unconscious thing that happens with us you know when we come from unhappy childhood or whatever we copy it's a pattern that has been embedded in us from since you know very young but we can break away from that we can break away from that with loving ourselves knowing ourselves you know just taking control and and doing something so different from how we were brought up and this is why again i am so passionate of helping women to realize you can break free from this sort of um life you know forever and this is what I'm, i've done i've created workshops for, for my experiences Mm, yeah, I, I think, you know, what you've said there is so important. Um, it, there, there is that saying um, of, you know, show me the child from one to seven. Because like one to seven, we're like a sponge just soaking up everything. And mm-hmm. um, like you say, it's not always the case that we end up, you know, doing what, you know, the parents might say. What happens is you tend to create, recreate an environment that is similar to what you know and it's only when you become conscious of it because we run mostly unconsciously and it's like what what i'm hearing you say is when you wake up and you become conscious Mm -hmm. then you're able to kind of change that and um you know you no longer attract that you know that similar life that um you might have um, experienced in the in the past um what i want to ask you on that margaret because you do talk about domestic um abuse and violence and i i want to ask you what can women do if they do find themselves in that because that's quite an important area isn't it um because we don't realize that you know as a mother a mother needs to be happy and nourished because she's you know she's going to give to the next generation and how important is it for her to find her voice find her strength and get out of a relationship that might be abusive it might not even be violence but it's nonetheless abusive that's that's right well yes i mean uh for uh for that question as i said it's a it's a it's one of my main main topics about how women or you know from oh my you know how i did 
Break Free of Domestic Violence. I didn't create a, a package called Break Free of Domestic Violence Forever. And again, it's, it stems from, you know, it's going within yourself, you know, value yourself. It, it, it has such a, how can I call it? It's such a, um, it's a powerful awareness, but I, I'll have to say it is a process, you know. I mean, sometimes we think we can do things very, in, you know, instantaneous. You expect, oh, right, why don't you leave? Why don't you leave? But people do not realize once you in that um, environment, it is such a manipulative, it's such a controlling um, way. So it, it can be very, very difficult to, to do it. But once you set that mind of saying, you know, something, and especially when you have children, because this is it, when I look back at my childhood, it was six of us. I know, you know, at that time, um, in the 15s, you know, we didn't have all the resources and things like that that we do nowadays where, you know, we have helpline, we have different refugees and, and services that will help help us. But now we have so many of uh, these services, uh, services that will help a woman with her children to get away from it. You know, all these different groups and things of that nature. So I would say that the, the, this is how I did it. It's really sort of, it's, it's, it's that love. It has a lot to do with love. Become your best friend. And especially when you have children. This is the, this is the bit I feel so much for because you know a lot of us thinking yes I'm I want to keep my child together my children together and oh you know got to keep a roof over their head and protect them but you're not protecting them how could you protect a child in that sort of environment a child is born to be nurtured to be loved so we have to really think how is it possible to protect um, to protect a child when growing up in that abuse? Because I'll tell you something, my dear Imame. You know, growing up in that in- environment, a child is abused. They're feeling the physical, the emotional pain, everything. Because just remember, a child, their mind is like a sponge. It's not a stone. It's like a sponge, and they absorb everything that is going around them. Because when I look back, you know, I, you know, my my mother and thing were thinking, oh no, they're too young, they can't, they they don't know, they don't know, but they do. They hear the screams, they see the bruises, and all these sort of things when they sing. So I'm saying, it's really to go out there and and get help. I mean, for myself, the way I broke broke free is through all you know the cancer I had, the uh, um, uh, things that I had in my life that sort of woke me up. When I tell people it's, you know, cancer in itself made me better. Cancer in itself awakened me. All the darkness I was going through, something really shook and woke me up to say, hold on a second. Why am I attracting all this disease? Why am I attracting all this sort of relationship? I realized I had to go to the core of my, of my being. Why it happened? It came from my childhood. So I have to deal with something like that. I have to go back there and go through a healing journey, really get into the deep down where this was enrooted for me to be the way I am, why I was attracting uh, a relationship with domestic abuse. How come I got ill? It's because, again, I suppressed quite a lot of my emotions inside of me. And where does emotions go if you don't speak about it? It makes you ill. I mean, the simple way that I could I can share with people when they have, you know, when we go through this sort of um, domestic abuse and how to really look at yourself truthfully, you've got to go to the core. Where did it start from? Just like a tree, when you plant a seed in the soil, the tree starts growing and bearing fruit. If the fruits are not um, good. You cannot look at the fruit, you cannot look at the leaves, you cannot look at the trunk of a tree, you can't, you know, you've got to go back to the soil where that seed was planted. And that's how I've managed to break free of domestic violence is by going back to my childhood days, really going and saying, what is it that affected me? And deal with it, it's a process. It is a process. And all I can say is for us to have that courage. This is what the um, package I, I um, designed called Breaks of Domestic Violence Forever using the four C's process. The first one it's having that courage to go in my mind, remove all those negative darkness and, and plant the positive seeds of love, compassion, you know, uh, respect, understanding, acceptance, forgiveness, gratitude. It's for myself. These things are for myself. Once I, I plan that, 
then I've got a choice to say, okay, now that I, I, I have this courage, I've got to love, get to know myself, love myself, really become my best friend. And then from that, this, the third thing, I've got to make a commitment, a commitment to myself, because a lot of us sometimes, we do this, we do this, but we're not committed to it. And once I make that commitment to take control of my life, to really go out there and see what's best for Margaret, then I said, aha, uh -huh. the part that I've got to do is change. Change of action, not just talking about it, doing it. That is a very, very important. This is why the four C's is courage, choices, commitment to change. It's for me. And if I have children, it's going to help my child or children. That's how I probably go about, you know, the domestic abuse or getting away from any sort of thing in your life. Even, even illness, the, the trauma that I had in my life created my illness, the cancer, and a lot of anger towards my father, and I did not let that out. It went towards my kidney, and that's why I had a kidney arm tumor. I have one kidney now. So just to help people to be aware, you've really got to look after yourself. We have the doctors and things out there just to do the physical work. But guess the mental work is your mind work. You've got to be the gardener of your mind. And then it, you know, it helps you with your body and the food and your attitude to how you are with people, etc. All these things are learning process. Once you get the hang of that, it's so beautiful. It is such a beautiful feeling, a beautiful life that I am living um, within. I mean, now we have all this coronavirus going around. Yes, it's there, but I'm not letting it empower me, put so much fear in me. and think It gives me such a time to, to be with myself, to value myself, to connect with, with, with people. Look what is happening. There's two sides to this, this um, health issue at the moment, two sides to it. But um, Imamia, I'd like you to ask me another question if you would like to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just want to um, just go over, you know, just kind of touch on what you've said, because, you know, you're so right, you know, um, trapped emotions, just moving around the body, no outlet, because we were not releasing is, you know, they, there is that saying, you know, if you're not at ease, because the spirit needs to be at ease, it needs to be, you know, free to just be, you know, being. And um, when we're not at ease, we create disease in our body so I hear totally what you're saying you know there and I, I, I totally agree and, um I love that you do the break break free workshops and I love yeah. the four C's I think that's really you know powerful and um I just wondered I mean I, I know you've kind of touched on it what would you say with your workshops because I always like to um hear what you know what it how the feedback that you get and what has it done for the women that have come along to your workshops and mm -hmm. also how does that make you feel to know that through your own journey you've created something that is now helping other women mm -hmm. well yes as i said um yes the workshop is a, it's a training package and um it's uh you know it's very interactive uh, with it because as I said the first one it's the it's to do with the um, the courage you know as I say get into the mind look at your mind as a garden the reason why I, I, I brought this in because you know, I'm originally from a lovely island called Aruba in the um, in Caribbean and I grew up in uh, Trinidad a bit of American uh, New York City but um, <coughs> excuse me um, why I look at the mind as a garden I mean if you ever stop and look at the garden, you see all the different arrays of beautiful colors and how they all sort of mingle. And, you know, it's such a beautiful way. So this is what I sort of, you know, brought into this thing when I said, looking at your mind as a, as a garden. Uh, it's this, you know, this is how I want my mind to be beautiful, to, to have that sort of calmness feeling, you know, and it has a lot to do too. I've, I'm involved with meditation and all these sort of things I, I got involved to, to really bring this mind to such a beautiful garden. And when I, once you do that in this, in this workshop, it's, you know, saying, no, this is how I want to, you know, the love and the compassion and all these sort of things. That's, that's the sort of way I want to live my life. I don't want to, to, to carry on thinking like this and being a victim mm. to my life or being a victim to my past. You know, I want to be a creator. 
a gardener. I want to, to you know, to treat. So this is what the, I try to bring that in, in a very creative sort of way, etc. So when it comes about the, the courage to, to have that sort of um, understanding of how the mind works. It really goes in, you know, meditation, seeing your how your life would be, etc. As a garden, and really going and talking about all the taking out all the, the negative things, you know, like you know, all the blame, the guilt, and the lack of self worth, you know. So really, that is how that one starts. And then when it goes to the second one, as I mentioned, it goes to realize that I've got choices. I've got a choice now. The choice I want to do is to get to know myself, become my best friend value myself you know treat myself like my best friend because this is another thing a lot of us we do not do that we treat our friends much better than we treat ourselves you know uh-huh. we do yeah yeah we do and so once you become aware oh my gosh i can you know really have this respect and this enjoyment of myself you know the love i have for myself so that's another one knowing myself loving myself and, you know, a lot of people, the way we have been brought up, like we, to love others more than ourselves, to, you know, but how could we love others if we don't know about love? If we don't have these values, the compassion, the respect, and all these things, how could we do it? You've got to have it for yourself. It's like filling, filling a, a, a mug up with water and sharing it with others. If that mug is empty, how could you have that love it's just a word you're saying but you know love and everything is a feeling it's an emotion it's not something you just say and think that that's it you've got to have it in yourself and once you do that my dear um you know i mean you have that commitment the commitment now is for me to take control to say okay i've got to find this independency the security because again we always expect others to give us that you see, the happiness, the security. This is something I've got to, yeah. And then the, the last one is the change. And the cha- the last one is a very um, poetry sort of what, because um, I also write poems, uh, which uh, poetry has helped me so much. It has been such a therapeutic relief to my life, you know, to what I do. So the last one is called change, and it's to help people rewrite their life. So change of action is how I see I see my life now and how I can rewrite it. So that's what it, it that's how the workshop, you know, flows. It has all this connection from the beginning, from the you know, the the mind change of the garden to how now my mind is. And it's something you can go back to and just reflect and remind yourself to. So it's not a it's not a workshop that will just dump you after the thing. It has a constant flow of keeping up yes. with what you're doing. Mm-hmm. And that's how I've managed to because I've experienced it on myself. I was the guinea pig and I and I've seen what it has and I see what it has done for me to be who I am and to where I am now. Mm-hmm. So this is how it's because we've got beautiful gifts, you know, each one of us even when we go through the darkness, when we, you know, when we suffer and things like that, there is so much, it's a, it's a transformation to me. All my suffering has not been wasted. I choose not to be a victim of my past. So I, you know, I write these things, speeches and, you know, writing my second book at the moment. So, it's, you know, yes. When we go through these things, I mean, like Nelson Mandela and, and uh, Mahatma Gandhi, Martin Luther King, look at the suffering they're being through and look at the transformation of the world that they have created. So let's look at these people as, as our role models. Not to say, oh, we're going to, you know, uh, change, but we can do it. We can start in our community. I always say starting locally to grow globally. We can never tell when we go through these things what we can do to help others. Absolutely. I, I love that. You know, I love you, the darkness, going through the darkness and see, you know, seeing that light at the end of the tunnel. That's where all the gifts are. In fact, that's the unknown where everything that we have, you know, has come from. You know, everything comes from the unknown and it's about not being scared of that. So I love that you say that going through the dark periods in our life actually mm-hmm. grows us and um, allows us to unveil the gifts, you know, new gifts. Um, I really, really like the um, what you said about rewriting your life. So I just want to kind of ask a couple of questions on that. So mm-hmm. um, somebody comes to your workshop and they've gone through 
you know, Helen back? And how do you walk them through rewriting their life? Because I feel that um, the memory that we have, that we keep repeating in our mind, you know, is a big part of what gives us, you know, a repetitive life life that, you know, seems to be, con- you know, constantly coming up against the same challenges. So mm-hmm. what? how do you get from someone walking into your workshop and being, you know, having a terrible, you know, um, past and maybe in the present as well, and they're able to now write, rewrite this beautiful, you know, life. Um, okay. and, and is that also that rewriting of the, the, the life, is that rewriting the past? So can you take the past and reshape it um, into a new memory? that is more empowering how does it work oh yes very very much so and and this is where where i'm so full of joy and so full of happiness now when i think of my past because it's a choice now how i have transformed that past yes the, the pain has been there it's gone it's not nothing i can do about that past but now I, it's a choice of how now i Look at my past. Now I see my past as such a beautiful place. I'm from the Caribbean with hills and mountains, birds, bees, fresh fruits and things like that. I choose to reflect on the happiness. The, the sadness, the pain no longer affects me as I, as it has been. Because you see, the subconscious mind, right? It's Everything is there in that subconscious mind from the time you were born to right now. So what I have chosen to do is sort of, yes, I know it's there, but it's what I choose to remember and how I choose to uh, respond to that. It's a choice. Everything in our life, we've got a choice. I know there are certain things we are born into. I was born into a happy childhood with domestic abuse. My father was an alcohol, blah, blah, blah. Yes, I, I, can, I could not... Um, foresee that you know that is something that it's the how now how now in this present time i'm reacting to that i am no longer as i mentioned earlier victim to my time because it's my choice it is my choice of how i react because if i if i if i wasn't the way i am now how would i be saying all this to you how would i be writing a book how would i be writing poems? you know this is what we, you know, it's no sense talking about something. It's the action is the very, very important part. So when someone comes into my workshop, with, you know, as a, um, a victim of abuse or going through it, the way I, I do it, especially the, the last one, the change, because that's the one we, you know, we really do take the action. It's taken them through uh, meditation, um, through and what I've got is a lot of all different colorful uh, images, etc. You know, on the um, what they call uh, you know, on the screen to show them all that, taking them that, get them closer, and taking them through. You know, and when they open their eyes, they see all these beautiful um, parts, images, and it, it comes with uh, the five senses. There is touch, smell, taste, yeah, this and yeah. So I'm showing them use their five senses. And, you know, so when they're doing that, I mean, yeah, some of them are still, you know, they're coming up with pain, but the more, the more they go into it, the more they start seeing the beauty and, and feeling, you know, you know, sort of seeing some sort of happiness and some sort of hope. So it's their five senses that I use in this last workshop, which um, I call it Poetry Makes Sense, it's the change, but the, the um, I do just call it Poetry Makes make Sense, it's writing with the five senses. So it helps them. To, to release all that pain and see the beauty, certain things they remember that was beautiful. Because I'll say something which a lot of us don't realize. We seem to focus so much on the sadness, on the darkness of our life unconsciously. But there is happiness, you know, little bits of happiness there where we can bring that more to the light. And that's what I have done. So I'm seeing this as work for me and what it has done for me and how now I'm able to stand in front of an audience and share my um, my my challenges. And you see, another thing that I, I use specifically, people say, you know, oh yes, I had cancer, I didn't say illness. I don't no longer say illness. It was a disease of my whole body. I call it health challenges. Or everything I had been through is health challenges I've been through in that way. It, because we have to be, you know, because when we speak in such a negative way, oh, I was, you know, I'm so ill, oh, I'm so ill. What you're doing, you are programming that in your subconscious mind. 
So the words is very, very important of how we describe uh, certain things, you see. And this is where I became all conscious of that and aware. When I speak, the way I speak is the way I act. So be very careful when we speak about certain things. So it's all that, given helping the, the uh, participants in this thing to, to use some really, you know, uplifting words. But, you know, we have to be so truthful. Yes, it starts with the pain. It starts with that. It's a process. But once you get over that and start seeing the beauty of your life in a different way, it really does make that impact. So it has, you know, that one is about writing poetry and how you can rewrite your life. You know, because now I see my, my life. It's such beautiful. When I, when I describe, I find it so beautiful. It's so rewarding the way I have been. Because again, it came, uh, forgiveness comes in it, acceptance, because I know I cannot change that path. I can't do anything, so I have to accept it. Can't let that keep being with me for the rest of my life, because it's injuring me and it's injuring those around me. And how am I to, yes, and how am I to attract, you know, people like yourself, you know, such beautiful people in my life now. It is because I have gone to that core. I am no longer being that victim and no longer in that negative, you know, aspect of my life. These are the beautiful people in my life now. It's because of what I have in me, the reflection of what I have in me is bringing those people before why I end up in, in a um, domestic relationship. Because, you know, I had a reflection of my child and my father, you know. The three relationships I had, um, it's, it's, it had a lot to do with my father emotionally abused, alcohol, and physically. They were those three images from my, my father that I had in me and the, the three men, you know, relationship is similar as my father. But once I removed that, they're not, they're, you know, they're not around. Those people are not around. And even if there's someone coming into your life, you can, you can feel it, you can see that there's something that wrong. You can see once you become aware of who you are and have that respect and value to yourself. You can see if someone's coming, you know, in a way that is not right for you. You can see it. Yes, yes. You now know what, you know, you know in advance that, oops, I know where this is coming from and it's Mm -hmm. not coming from a good place. And I love that you talk about look for the beat you know you get people to look for you know then there's always some little thing that might have been going on in the past that they can latch on to and mm-hmm. build on that yeah. um you know and as well you talk about releasing the pain and behind the pain is the beauty behind you know once you start releasing all that pent-up mm-hmm. stuff from the the past then mm-hmm. you know life you start to see things totally different and that's, that's what right. cha- that's what that's a big part of the change as well um what i want to do is just before we continue is ask you to let people know how they can get hold of your book and any sort of social media contact details certainly certainly oh before yes remember i did say there was a book that um i found very helpful the second sex because yeah, it's a book called The Second Sex, and it's Simone de Bouvier. It's a French woman, sort of writing about um, women. She was a very important philosopher in the 20th century to help women realize the the value of themselves and that they are human beings. This is how she defined um, define a woman is a human being, not just a mother or whatever. It's a it's a very it's a deep book, but it's a book that helped me <laughs> helped me a bit when I read it. The second sex because you know what? a lot of women put ourselves like you know behind a man and trying to show you know not to say we're running a race or trying to be a man the inequality of a woman but we have to really feel that no we are very valuable um um, you know human beings in this world we are the first uh, a woman is a female human being that's what she said let a woman be the female human being you know before we become a mother and all this sort of thing have that thing i'm a female human being so that's yeah, that's what this book is called, um, "The Second Sex" by Simone de Beauvoir. 
yeah i love that um because you know as a being that's who you are first and foremost everything else is a role and i think sometimes we get lost in our roles and we think Mm -hmm. that our roles is our purpose Mm -hmm. and don't realize that our roles is driving us is, is supporting our purpose that's right that's right. Exactly. We are not our role. We are a female human being. That really is a yes. But yes, yes. Well, so my book um it's called Crisis Roles of a Mother. Um, and you know I put at the front to if mothers were to go on strike, what will world be like? Think of think of that. Do you see how valuable we are, indispensable we are? And this book is is um, available at Amazon. Um, and also it's available on Kindle, so it's there for whoever wants to roam their eyes on and, um, you know, understand um, uh, my story. It's about, you know, my story, my journey as a mother, going inwards, the inner journey of a mother, because just as I was saying, for me to be who I was, I really had to go inside. I had to flip that mirror to really travel and value myself and show all this love and compassion for myself. So, yes, and it's a, it's just to help women, you know, as I said, realize the value of themselves. And um, and there's, uh, I think there is other people, you know, other mothers have um, contributed to the book, you know, just to share their stories, uh, etc. And um, yes, and, uh, yes, and it's also a book too, as I said, when your child or children leave home, there's that, that chapter called A to Z, Road of a Mother, trying to show a mother all the you know professional roles we've, we've got while being a mother there is so much there for you could we can be an accountant an architecture you know you know we don't have to lock ourselves into these sort of um roles that oh i can just be a nurse i can just be a doctor teacher there is so much and what what was so so um how should i say what's a great discovery with me and a great enlightenment to me is when i was doing the research for this chapter especially to see how my Thing women has done um, in the world, you know, even during the war, when how women were in the, you know, in those uh, munitions taxis, building guns, and you know, on the land with the farming and all this sort of thing. These things weren't taught to, taught to me when I was a child, and I'm sure most women in history. I mean, I even discovered something so remarkable that over two thousand women helped build, um, is it London Bridge? Wow, two thousand. I'm like, wow. Yes. These things are not in, in, in history books. So, you know, it's supposed to really open our eye and see there's so much that we can do. You know, so much as a woman we can do and not just think, oh, we can just do this position and, you know, be a, 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 a teacher or, or a nurse or whatever. I mean, I value those, but still, we can spread our ways, can't we, Imamia? And fly as high as the sky can do, do whatever our heart is, 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 is turning for, is, 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 is really hungry for. So much. And the reason why I, I feel is because I want the future generations of, of young young ladies that they, when they grow, that they can they can do the hard. Look at the football teams of girls now and, uh, you know, young girls coming up. You know, just stretch your wings. Just really don't feel that, no, compress. I can't do this because I'm like this. No. So, yeah. I, yeah, I want to kind of go... Down, carry on from there and also link it to the roles and stuff because um women today what would you say if we sort of um compared the you know a, a few a couple of generations ago the roles of a woman back there then and the roles of a woman today do you do you think it's a lot harder to be a, a woman a modern woman today do you think that we have more pressure um, things are obviously certain things are easier for us um, mm-hmm. but what would you say if we were to compare it to say you know a generation or two ago what would you say that there's different pressures or different stresses that women today have to go through I, I would think in that word I think as a woman I think we will always have some sort of um how should I say, uh, if you call it pressure, some sort of um, challenges. Because mm-hmm. just remember, yes, we're going back to the traditional the, the traditional definition of a woman, as I mentioned. Mm-hmm. It, and it still is there. And I'm going to say something too. And I think it has a lot to do with the 
when we read the Bible, there is so much misinterpretation. The way I've seen, you know, um, studying the Bible, you know, the way the, about women and things like that. The value, you know, I think there's a, a bit of misinterpretation there. And um, so it's all that. It's something that has been really ingrained or embedded in society and even women of how they re- um, to react. I mean, there is various countries that women are still, you know, they, that they they're still being possessed by the opposite sex possession. Mm-hmm. So there is, you know, it's a, it's a it's a really really deep and wise thing we have to look at when we say the modern woman because okay here we are in uh, if you want to call it the developing world and we have other parts of the world where it perhaps it's not it doesn't have all the things that we have here in London England and America uh, where it gives the woman the opportunity to really do something that they like and to you know um, uh, how should I say be secure and independent to bring up a child or or children on their own. We have it here, and I, I see yes, it, it is happening. But before I, I go, I want to say one thing. What I find, and again, this came up in research with my um, book. You see, now say we have working mothers. I call working mothers is is the one who working mothers with a salary mm-hmm. okay they go out and they work and then we we have full-time mothers i don't say stay-at-home mothers i use in my book full-time mothers they're the one who's staying at home and bringing up their children you see there's like a a, a war between these because say like the working mothers we look at the, the stairs um full-time mothers they are just they're not doing any, anything and then the full-time mother looking at the working mother saying they're not there with the children. So you see, there's a war within our gender. And, you know, I, I've, I've done research and I see that it, that it, no, I mean, some, some, some women do not have the opportunity or to say they can stay at home because, you know, they're there for their, their children. Some of them do have that opportunity. So, so stop bickering and pointing fingers at each other, saying this one is not doing that, this one's supposed to be doing that. So that's another thing. You see, there again, although we have all this modernization of motherhood and how we can go there, there's still a... a, a like a, a, a riffraff between between um, between these mothers. Mm-hmm. I think it's for us to bond together, you know, to, 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 to really sort of respect, this is okay, this is where I am, I'm doing the best I can, this is, I'm working, I'm doing the best I can, stop pointing fingers and things like that. The reason why I, I know I've done the research and I've, and I've, you know, I could have put so much about that but I in my book, but I said, no, I don't want to really put too much of that take, you know, mother versus mother. There is a bit, but not as much as I would have liked to. That's another book in itself for me. To, yes, it is, it is. So I try to take a little bit out of it and just show people, let's, let's, let's stop doing that. Let's bond together to grow together because we have a future generation. And we all already have a, um, uh, a war with the equality of a woman being paid and all these sorts of things. It's there. So why want to create another, another um, you know, tip between our, ourselves? So that is one thing I, I think I need, you know, I felt I need to say. is for us to, to bond together, to grow together. Because, yes, we have children. We have the future generation. We have to be the role models to help our, future, to help our children you know, to, to grow and, and, and do what they, they choose to do in our lives. But yes, there are, as I said, there are so many things, you know, um, I could see women can do to really value motherhood. But just as I know in different parts of the world, like you know, Asia and certain places, it is such a sadness to, to see, you know, that women are still treated in that second class, that not, they don't have the right, etc., to to be a you know to to do something different to be a woman independent they don't have you know they still have possession from the opposite sex they are it it still exists yeah wow. so yeah. yes yes it does it does exist but you know I don't want to to um to to you know bring out too much but it still exists you know um about women still being treated as second class citizens 
um, you know, I don't know, you know, if a woman act unruly in certain parts of the world, you know, acid is thrown at her and all this sort of thing. You know, you've heard about that, those sort of issues, right? When, you know, women try to do something different in a very traditional religious sort of way, uh, etc. you know, and the family outcast her and, oh, it's a, it's a lot. I mean, it's so deep down. And again, that's a, a book on its own just to go and, and write about that. So I did touch those things a bit in the book to say why I wrote the book. Yeah, that's a, a chapter I call Why Did I Write the Book? So I try to to just say it's because of these little issues that I have discovered to help people to be aware how many things, you know, how many um, different things that uh, a woman goes through in being a mother, etc. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's that again, that was really good for you to highlight that. Although, yes, here in the West or, you know, where we are, um, women do have rights and are very independent and, you know, self, self, self-resourceful. But mm-hmm. obviously you can look around and see that it's not the same for other women. No. Um, and I think, you know, we tend to romanticise, you know, the past and feel as though, oh, you know, back in the day, you know, women were more feminine and, you know, but we don't always think, realise um, sometimes as well that, you know, there were there were a lot of sacrifices that they had to make. Exactly. Um, and um, we can have the best of both, you know. Um, we can, you know, be feminine women, but also mm-hmm. be independent as well. Um, where, as you're saying, not everybody, not every woman has that right. That's um, right. Yeah. Yes, yes. Although, although in the 1960s, you know, women liberation began, but there was still so much, um, you know, things against women, you know, so much. And I mean, you know, I mean, really and truly, I don't know if it's sometimes, you know, us right now in this modern um, society, if sometimes we just sit down and just reflect back to see what, you know, how many women did an uphill battle mm-hmm. for us to have the choices and where, where we go again, where we're going. I mean, there are people like, you know, Emily Parkinson, what she what she did, she's a leading, you know, was a leading British suffragette, what she did to help, you know, um, the rights of women. I mean, Margaret Sager, she's the one who invented the... Um, the birth control because again you know seeing how many women you know um having children and etc i think her mother may have had about i don't know if it's 11 11 births or something like that mm-hmm. you know yes yes so you know as a child she's seen all these sorts of things you know etc and it's just like what i just said i saw my mother being abused and treated and this is why i have this uh, passion in me to help people who have abused, you know, and mm-hmm. help women, you know, so you see what I'm saying, when you're growing up in an environment, and you see in these things, okay, some of us may be able to, 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 to cross over and make the changes and break the cycle, mm-hmm. that, that's why I think sometimes, we, you know, you know, all of us, I think for me, I would say I was placed in that um, foundation of my family of abuse alcohol to be who I am today in order to sort of say, okay, I I see that, but I want to break that cycle. I want now to help women or, or people who are going through that, that sector. So the same thing when I look at, you know, when I, when I write in my book, I started seeing, oh, I can see why these women are um, doing that because it's something they saw as a child that was so sort of painful and they saw the pain that, you know, the family was around. So they want to make that different. They, they want to do something to stop that. So this is, again, another way of how when we go through the darkness and we, you know, we learn something. And if we could come on the other side, say, you know something, I'm going to speak on this issue. I'm going to really try and stop that. Do you see what I'm saying? Oh, yes, we need the darkness. Right. We need the light. Yeah, yeah. I, I don't know. It's just my, my way of looking at things in that, that sort of way, you know? Yeah, what I want to touch on, because um, obviously we're, we're here on the radio and we've got, you know, it's Mother's Day, so we are talking about women and mothers. Oh. But we obviously got men listening as well and also i want you know want the men to know that we absolutely love men and i know you have a a lovely son and what i want to ask you margaret as a mother of a son how what would you say that you've learned in terms of bringing up your son to become you know a lovely young man and what can women do differently or what can women do 
to instill um, certain values in men and, and that that will help them to treat women in a the way that women deserve to be treated and not to obviously go through what you had to go through uh, yes. as a child. What would you say um, yes. you, mm-hmm. you've learnt from you know, Yes, that's a, a very important question, and and, and yes, and uh, yes, glad to say about the men. Yes, as I said, you know, I, I value men. I I have you know great respect for for a man because again, I I look at a man. You know, again, I would say it, and if men want to cringe, yes, I think society puts a lot of pressure on a man to be a man. We have the feminine and the, the feminine and the male side. It, it works on both genders, and I know there are some really lovely men who stand by women who, you know, are doing fantastic things in this world and etc. So I really value that. I mean, yes, um, before perhaps I may not have, you know, accepted that because, you know, seeing my father, you know, beating my mom, I did, I did have anger in there, but to be very honest, but that anger now has, has subdued. It's no longer there. I mean, you know, I, I, I have forgiven my father. I, I've been to where he was born. So I went on a healing journey to understand and accept, you know. I mean, no man should hit a woman, no man, no woman should hit a man. But now, you know, I see the part that, you know, men and women, we are here too for a companion, for, you know, sharing, understanding, you know, etc. There are certain things a woman may not be able to do, a man can do. There are certain things a man may not be able to do, a woman can do. So we are there to share, two compatible people. So I really think, and this is why too with my as I said, yeah, it was two sons. I got the one died through um, the domestic uh, violence relationship, um, etc. But as I said, you know, uh, forgiveness is something that I cherish in my heart because I know I don't forget that the action, you know, but the forgiveness is for me. I have to forgive in order to to be who I am and where I am today. So it's, it's really myself, the gift to Margaret. Um, as for my son. Um, the way I I choose to um, bring him up, uh, I was married for ten years, um, and then my husband and I split up. And I could have, you know, with such anger because yeah, my son's father did some hurtful things to me, which hurt me. But what I what I try to do, and coming back from my childhood, how painful it was for me as a child growing up there, especially without that father figure that I would have liked to. I decided to say, so you know something. I am not going to repeat what I encounter as a child with my son. I'm going to, you know, uh, continue the relationship with the father for him, not for myself. Because just remember, the the relation between my son's father and myself is something separate from my son, my um, my son's father, and myself. So I kept the relationship going in a sense of, you know, trying to communicate and and not use my son as a, a sounding board or, or a weapon towards my son's father. I did not do that. I just, you know, kept a friendship with both of them. Now they're, 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 they're best friends. I think my son has helped him wrote, um, he and my son is my son's father and then they wrote a book together four books I think yes yes so yes so this is what I'm saying although it, it was very painful for me but I choose I think it, it's a choice mm-hmm. it's a choice of how you carry on that relationship with your son and the, 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 the your son's father I choose to continue you know, love, respect and everything. Even when my son's father was, whatever he did to me, I sent Christmas cards, birthday cards. You know, never did I say anything injuring to, the, to my son about the father and what he did because I realized the issue between both of us. So I tried my best to, to keep that love, to plant those valuable seeds. I think that's it. It planted the seeds. Because just as you mentioned, from zero to seven, that's where a child stands at all the belief, all these sort of things, zero to seven. We have to remember that. What we plant in our children at a very young age, we have, you know, this is this is where I planted that, you know, respect, the love, the caring sort of attitude. It's not easy. It is not an easy task, but it has to be a very conscious task, a mindful task. Because if you really want your child or children to grow up in a way where they have that respect, you have to start at home. Schooling starts at home. A lot of us now, we send our children to school thinking the teachers and think it's going to teach us those things, teach them those things. But no, 
it starts from home. That's where the first education starts. So this is what I did, you know, with my son. I mean, as he grew up, and I wasn't there uh, physically there with him um, when I was going through all my health challenges with the cancer, brain tumor, and all these things like that. He was with the father. Um, etc. But at one point, he did get very angry at me, he was very emotional, or I was there, blah, blah, blah. But you see, the way I reacted, I could have point fingers, I said, oh, how dare you speak to me like that, blah, blah. I encouraged him to, to show his emotions. I said, keep on telling me whatever I've done wrong to you, put it on me. I even said to him, I am so proud that you can come to me to have that courage to say, certain things that have affected you through, through I not being there. I said these things to him. So we really have to be very mindful how we speak to our children because I'm telling you, ladies, gentlemen, they are the future generation. So we really got to be so mindful. My son just got married last, um, last month. And yes, and um, yeah, thank you. And, you know, I was there. You know, and, you know, and he, even when he was doing the, his speech, something that really touched me, that I'm talking about it, he said, every time I'm knocked down, I stand up strong with confidence because of my mom. Because, you know, I did not realize, you know, that he saw certain things in me because sometimes we act in this way, but I didn't realize how he, how, what he saw in me and how we act in him, him to say that in his speech at, at, his, at the wedding. It really touched my heart immensely that he saw something the way I was reacting. They come out pointing fingers at him and, you know, saying, how dare you, I brought you into this world. How could you say this to me? No. Don't say that to your children. Encourage them to talk to you. Because just remember, if they do not talk to you, they, have, they will go out in the streets, feel belonging. This is why you see so many young people now with yang and knife and things like that. Because, you know, it has a lot to do with that home foundation. That way you speak to your child and children. Be mindful about that. Be mindful because there are human beings growing. I know you have been through whatever you've been through in your past, but don't inflict it on your child or children. Do not inflict it on your child or children. It's a hard task, I know, but you can be very mindful and the choice is yours. The choice is yours. Oh, that's beautiful. Margaret, you know, I really um, appreciate everything that you said today. You've really sort of... Um, so eloquently, you know, um, opened and expanded, you know, our minds. Um, and uh, I love everything you've said. And definitely, um, well, you've been on the show before and you know you're always welcome. You know you are a family to the show. But um, what I want to ask you just to, if there's anything else you want to say, because I've got another guest coming on shortly. I think we, we're going to probably run a little bit late. But what I want to ask you is, um, yeah, if you could leave your details again and if there's anything you would like to say to you know a mother or a lady who might be at home feeling a little bit down and you know what can you say to uplift that person and also about your workshop maybe you want to invite someone you know to your workshop because it sounds amazing what you're doing yes well, this is it. I mean, even at this time now, I know, like today, you know, uh, Mother's Day and the lights perhaps were not shining as it usually does um, on Mother's Day because of the coronavirus that is um, hitting the world globally. I, I, I have a little thing here to take this time, right, to self-mother yourself, you know, because right now, I mean, it, and it's in a way, as I said, there are very positive things that are, are going to be developed from this um this uh, health issue that we've got now mm. you know where where people are becoming closer taking their time with their children because i know the children um the schools are shut down so there can be really some really beautiful things that are um will happen out of out of that you know so but one thing i would like to say for a mother if you are you know you're alone or whatever or or going to just to have that self-mothering mothering feeling towards yourself. And it's a poem to the end of my book where I said, you know, relentioning real, real the quiet moments for yourself. This is like self-mothering. Enjoying a loving relationship for yourself. Feeling happy, free, and liberated within yourself. Harnessing love, care, and compassion within yourself. 
and attracting and mingling with, you know, mutual people like yourself. Because you are, you know, you really are responsible and you are such an indispensable, such a lovely, such a, you know, motherhood and being a woman, uh, being a, it is such a beautiful, beautiful, um, you know, area of this feeling. So have that love and that compassion and that understanding and that forgiveness for yourself. So this is how I can leave you with really feel that valuehood of yourself because, you know, you are indispensable. You really are. Feel the joy, the love for yourself. That's how I can say it at this moment. Anyhow, if anyone wants to know a bit about Margaret Aberdeen, I've got a website, www margaretaberdeen.com and it gives you information about my workshops etc and if you want to leave any comments or information it's there on the website and just as email me I'm writing my second book I'm not going to give you the title but it's yes I'm not going to give the title but it's just something showing people from from abuse cancer uh, near death to forgiveness and gratitude. Wow. So I'm just trying to show, yeah, that this is a journey I've I've come to where from all what I've been through, the forgiveness and gratitude is now where I am and how I'm able now to share and help so many people. So I really value this time um, having a, a chat with you, Mabe, and being on your show as usual. I thank you very much from the depth of my heart. Now everyone go out there and dance with your life, dance with the joy and just be who you are because life is so beautiful once you realize within. You love life and life would love you too. So I thank you very much for being on the show, you mommy. And thank you so much. Um, thank you, Margaret. And I wish you, well, you've got another half hour of Mother's Day. So I wish you again, happy Mother's Day and, um, all the success with your next book and I'm looking forward to you coming on and thank talking you. to us about that but thank you so much for your wisdom you. um, absolutely awesome okay thank you very much and night to everyone all the best bye bye